Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode one of the NFL show for this year. It is, uh, what's today? Fucking September 5th. So we're two days away uh, from the beginning of the 2023-2024 NFL season. Uh, My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my trusty NFL co-host, Mr. Jeremy. How we doing? Good man, looking forward to, you know, another exciting season. It feels like it's been forever. I'm tired of betting on baseball, tired mm-hmm. of betting on tennis. Um, I'm just ready for football to start. Yeah, it's been uh it's been tough. I went into uh, a brief retirement for a moment. Uh came back a couple of weeks ago. Been on a nice little run. So, the account is is stocked, ready to go. Um fully expecting week one to be just packed full of uh joy and pain and everything the nfl brings to us um what i did want to mention was last year the nfl in terms of gambling didn't quite scratch the itch for me uh that it typically does so it's been it's been strange um but I'm, i'm hoping this year uh, will be better. Yeah, I know last year there uh, for a little bit, we had some some issues gambling. Uh, we weren't as hot as we were the year prior. We just couldn't get the ball rolling. It didn't feel like until more towards the end of the year there. Um, but hopefully that momentum carries over. We can start the year out hot and then really build it up for some mid-season and end-season fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just hoping that it's a better year than last year um that just it it didn't move me uh nearly as much as it typically does so i guess without further ado um we will jump into the odds and and what we're going to pick uh for week one so obviously we're not going to be recapping any games uh this week i think honestly um the format may be slightly different this year Um, We're still going to give all of our picks. We're going to go game by game, discuss spread, discuss the total or the over and under. Um, But the recap wise, I I feel like I was just so many numbers last year. I think that can be a little bit jarring and maybe a little bit tiring uh, to the consumer. So on our recaps, I think we're kind of just going to go more color instead of play by play uh, in terms of recap. So that's what you can expect uh, for the episode next week when we go through all of the games. Uh, we'll also provide you know a little bit of a shorter episode for those of you that are on time crunches or you just want to hear the picks. All right, so without further ado, let's get into the first game. Thursday, 8-21. Uh, we have Thursday Night Football coming back. The Detroit Lions take on the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. The Chiefs opened up, I believe, as seven and a half point favorites. That line has moved all the way down to six and a half. They are minus 300 on the money line, and the over under is set at 54 and a half. The statistics for money bet uh, are not out as of this moment. I do not know when to expect these statistics. I, I, I will say the, the sports books have been kind of coy. Um, and, and strange with some of these lines and, and the way things are working uh, in terms of releasing the stats to, uh, I guess, the general public. Um, I don't know what the reason for that is. I'm sure something is up. Um, 
But the six and a half for me, I'll take the first one and then Jeremy get the pick next time first. But um, six and a half is 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 insane. Uh, I know the Chiefs will be without their stud defensive tackle Chris Jones, um, and I know the Lions were offensively a bit of a juggernaut last year, uh, or at least that's what the media is telling everybody. I'm, I'm not so sure, uh, but I do think the Chiefs should do well enough to to win this game by a touchdown. I don't think six and a half is is an issue whatsoever. I uh, I would absolutely take Chiefs minus six and a half in this one. Yep, I agree. Um, like you said, the media's got everyone believing the Lions were an offensive juggernaut. Um, it also comes down to the fact that a lot of the teams in their division have horrible defenses. I mean, them and the Vikings specifically. So a lot mm-hmm. of times there's a lot of plays being ran in general. And I do think the Chiefs cover six and a half. Um, I think that's what I'm going to go with as well. Um, additionally, Jared Goff had struggled away from home, and he also didn't play in the preseason. So he hasn't taken a snap in eight months. Um, and it's not like he's in this all-worldly quarterback. So I think they come out of the gate flat. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs minus six and a half as well here. Okay, fantastic. Uh, and then up next, we have the San Francisco 49ers coming across the country Kicking off our fantastic 1 p.m. window with this one at Heinz Field. Actually, I don't think it's Heinz Field anymore. I think it's Acrisure Stadium, uh, which is still an absolute fucking disgrace. Uh, Niners currently a two and a half point favorite, minus 142 on the money line, over under set at 40 and a half. What are you thinking for this game? Because this one seems absolutely rich for a same game parlay. Yeah, I don't know. This is tough. So, you know me. I love this. I love the Niners, mainly because of McCaffrey and Purdy. Um, then George Kittle was my tight end um, in fantasy last year. But then the Steelers, I'm kind of high on them this year. I think Kenny Pickett turns it, uh, turns it up a notch here. Uh, Deontay Johnson's obviously good. And then George Pickens, I mean, we all see what he does anytime the football's near him. So, I'm not 100% certain what I'm going with here. I think what I might do, I might go with the Steelers. Well, I mean, two and a half doesn't really help me, though. Uh, I'm like it with the Steelers' money line. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them a chance here early in the season to prove me right or wrong um, on my prediction for them for the year. And no better time than week one. But like you said, once, once Sunday actually rolls around, I'll probably be ripping a same game or like CMC and Najee or like CMC, Kittle, something along those lines. Yeah, a lot of good touchdown options in that game. But I think if I'm going mainline bets here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Steelers. Yeah, um, I'm on the other side of this one. I, I think this is this is going to be in a lot of people's parlays. Uh, I would absolutely love to see where the money is right now. I'm, I'm fucking pissed off that it's not out, but um, the Niners are probably going to be heavily bet on just because the Steelers were kind of poor at the beginning of last season. I mean, they turned it up towards the end, definitely, but um, I think Purdy being healthy, I think all of the the receivers being healthy, no sorts of injuries whatsoever besides Kittle, who came back to practice yesterday. Um, This Niners team should be pretty scary offensively again. As long as Purdy doesn't miss a step, I think that he's in for a really, really impressive season. I think the Niners uh, could 100% be that team to to play in the NFC Championship game. Obviously, we don't know if the Eagles are going to go back or, or what, but... Um, I really like the Niners this year. I like their chances. I think this is McCaffrey's full, first full season with them. Uh, they should be good. And while I'm not low on the Steelers whatsoever, I just cannot see them uh, kicking their season off with a win. I, I, I am curious to see how this game runs, but 
I'm going to take Niners minus 142. And I think the over uh, is is possibly in play here as well. I could 100% see this being a 30 to 20 game. Like I can, I can absolutely see it. So uh, I will take Niners money line, but this is one that everybody needs to keep their eye on. Okay, up next, Carolina versus Atlanta. Uh, Carolina heading to the ATL to take on division rivals uh, Atlanta, who now have Bijan Robinson. Um, Panthers currently plus three and a half, uh, plus one forty-eight on the money line. Over/under set at thirty-nine and a half. So your boy Bryce Young uh, gonna be under center for this one. The Falcons still. Rolling with Desmond Ritter or Desmond Shitter, as some of our friends call him. Um, how do you feel about your Panthers this year, man? Because I'm still, uh, I'm definitely not buying. Oh, I'm I'm very low on them until <laughs> we add more talent in the coming yeah. years. Bryce Young's a good start, but I don't think Adam Thielen and DJ Chark is what's really going to push us over the edge. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I think. We're starting to see what you know the the beginnings of a plan for the Panthers. Uh, it's been a it's been many 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 lean years. Of course, they got rid of McCaffrey last year. Um, they have a absolutely just terrible receiving room. I don't even know who the lead back is now. Oh, it's Miles Sanders actually. Um, mm-hmm. So you guys are are trotting out Miles Sanders, who was has been really his whole career allergic to the end zone. Uh, Adam Thielen and DJ Chark as your key offensive players. Um, there's word that maybe uh, Brian Burns will be leaving the team, uh, the defensive side of the ball. I don't know if, if you have any sort of insight on that, but I think the Panthers will will definitely be struggling again this year. And I think the Falcons... Uh, should easily take this one. I will take uh, Falcons minus three and a half. I think they win by a touchdown. Okay, yeah. I don't think that's a bad bet, um, especially just they have a little more continuity on mm-hmm. the offensive side of the ball. Um, if I were to pick a money line, an unbiased winner, I would go with the Falcons. But I think I'm going to go with the under here. I mean, the Panthers have a pretty good defense. Um, and... Two newer quarterbacks. Yes, Ritter got some action last year, but not a ton. Two newer quarterbacks, two teams that love to run the ball. I think I'm going to go with under 39 and a half here. And I do think the Falcons most likely win, but I think the game's going to be hard to watch. Yeah. No, I don't think there's any question about that. I, I don't think this is a game that everybody is going to be tuned in on. Uh, I don't need, it's probably won't even be nationally broadcasted. We're going to have to tune into Red Zone to watch this one. But um, I think. All the Bijan owners uh, for fantasy. The Falcons might be a team that people are watching a little bit more intently this year. I know that they're, they're a team that I sort of gravitate towards. Um, they cover a lot of spreads, man. Uh, they they get given a lot of huge spreads, and they often cover. Even last year when they were using Mariota, uh, and they had Cordero Patterson and Tyler Rozier in like the two-man uh, back committee. I, I don't know. I, I like them. I think this year probably won't be great. But that division is so weak. There's, it's truly a who could say situation. They could, they could place first or second in the division. I don't think it would really blow anybody out of the water if they did. 
Yeah, no, I think them and the Saints are probably one and two there. I have the Saints winning. But just on the Bijan train, I do have a question for you because I'm lower than most on him, yeah, I yeah. think. Um, where do you think he finishes? Because personally, I think Jameer Gibbs might score more fantasy points than Bijan. I'd go as far as say as I think he will, not even just might. I think he will score more points of fantasy, and yet Bijan's going, you know, number five overall because he was, a, you know, the first running back off the board. Sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually quite low on Bijan as well. Um, I just know the general public is pretty high on him. Uh, I I watched him in college. Of course, friend of the show Zach, huge Texas fan. He's been singing Bijan's praises for years, especially you know very highly last year. I think he's a great player. I think he'll be a serviceable back in the NFL. I don't know if he's going to be you know a top five running back in his rookie season. It's just really hard to hit on a running back these days without them getting injured or or having some sort of um, contract dispute over their rookie contract, which they can't really dispute. Uh, it, it, it's kind of crazy to hit on a, a running back who stays healthy and as a thousand yard rusher immediately. It's just not that easy to do. And I don't I don't necessarily think he'll be. He might be a top 10 running back this year, but I can't see him being the fucking rushing leader that everybody seems to think uh, he will be. Uh, before we move on, the, the one other thing about Bijan is a lot of his effectiveness, you know, or, or rather his effectiveness could be improved if Desmond Ritter uses him as a passing option as well. Um, that's not only going to help the Falcons score points, it's going to help Bijan develop and it's going to help Ritter develop as well. So if they can use him um, as you know a strong running back as well as a pass catcher out of the backfield, I think you know Bijan's statistics will look a lot more appetizing, and I can totally see him scoring uh, you know a, a hefty amount of touchdowns on those on those passes as well. So okay. Um, let's move on to the next Houston versus Baltimore. The Texans are heading to, I believe it's still M&T Bank Stadium. I've been there a couple of times in Baltimore. Texans open up as a 10-point favorite. C.J. Stroud, of course, um, now their starting quarterback from Ohio State. Uh, the team looks absolutely horrific besides maybe Damian Pierce. Uh, and I don't know about Stroud. I'm not super high on him. And meanwhile, the Ravens are, are building back into a strong offensive powerhouse. Lamar's got his money. Lamar's going to be playing until he feels like he doesn't want to play, I suppose. Um, Andrews is hurt, but they finally have a stud wide receiver in Zay Flowers, who I am super, super high on this year. I think a 10-point spread is crazy, but um, where are you at? Oh, I'm all over the Ravens. Yeah. Um, I'm high on Lamar this year. Um, I'm violently low on the Texans, um, as I think most of any NFL fans would say as well. I do like the Ravens minus 10. Obviously, nine and a half is a better number. But I was also just looking at their team totals, and they have the Texans at 16 and a half. And I don't see a world where they score two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I think that's so, fair, man. So I think I'm going to go with the Texans team total under 16 and a half. I just don't see a world where they score two touchdowns with a rookie quarterback and a team that hasn't been competitive in four years. 
Yeah, this is the largest spread of the week by three points. The other spread is, um, or the, the next highest spread is plus seven for the Cardinals versus the Commanders. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be seeing this as a trap, but if, uh, like, I'll take Ravens minus nine and a half. Uh, I think they win by a field goal and a touchdown. There's just way more attacking or attacking. Jesus, I'm still in soccer mode. Um, there's way more offensive presence in the Ravens uh, team than there is in the Texans team. I just I can't see Nico Collins being uh, a guy that you know scores six or seven touchdowns and has a great receiving season. I just can't see it. So I will take the Ravens minus nine and a half. I'm going to buy the half point. Um, I believe the odds on that alt spread are. Let's look for it. Minus one twenty eight. That's that's crazy. That's great value. Absolutely excellent for a parlay. So Jeremy taking Ravens minus ten, and I will buy the half point and go Ravens minus nine and a half. The last thing I want is a fucking push in week one. That that make me sick. Uh, okay. Let's move to the next game. My FanDuel update. Cincinnati versus Cleveland. The Bengals opening as a two and a half point favorite over Cleveland in Cleveland. Uh, over under set at 47 and a half. This line seems crazy to me. Is this real? Too high for your liking? Uh, no, I, I think two and a half is like disrespectful to the Bengals. They should they should fucking slaughter the Browns after how poor the Browns looked last year. Um, question for you: Are are people really? I haven't heard a ton about Deshaun Watson, but the little bit that I have heard, people are really high on him again. How? Where do you stand on the Deshaun Watson thing? Because I have him as a quarterback in one of my fantasy leagues, but I'm not. I'm really not very high on him. I'm one of those people. I love the Browns this year. All right. Um, that's another thing I was going to get to. Yeah, I'm high on the Browns this year. I always loved Deshaun Watson prior to the whole, you know, he likes getting massaged yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But as a football player, he was unbelievable. He was Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes existed. So if he can even get back to, you know, 80% this year of what he once was, they'll be very good. I mean, the Browns have way more talent than any team he's ever played on. I mean, he was throwing the ball to Nico Collins for years. <laughs> and now he actually has real talent. Um, so I, I'm high on the Browns if Deshaun Watson can even turn it around a little bit. And I think he does. I think he's too talented to not be deep, like good at all. I mean, we saw it last year towards the end of the year. He had his legs back. He just, he just had to, you know, get on better timing with the wide receivers. So I think the Browns will be, I think the Browns will be competitive this year. Do you think they're good enough to win this game against the Bengals? I know it's my pick, but. Oh, I'm taking the Browns money line. Really? Oh yeah. Interesting. Um, I'm starting narratives early this season. And wow, I mean, I, I love to hear that, honestly. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be so bold. I think I'm I'm moving towards the over. Um, I know the over-under is high. It's at 47.5, but if the Browns are going to win this game, I think they're going to really just, just go fucking hard. And I think the Bengals stay in it. I'm not super high on the Bengals this year either. As you guys know, I'm a Joe Burrow hater. Um not because he's a bad player, but just because everybody else likes him. Uh, I think uh, I'm going to take over 47 and a half. I can 100% see this one biting me in the fucking ass, but 
Uh, I don't want to go with the Bengals in this one. So I'll uh, I'll go 47 and a half. Uh, okay. Cool. I'm 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 glad to hear your uh you're in on Deshaun. That's that's fantastic news. Uh, yeah, I have him in two as well. Oh, cool. All right, so you're up next. Your first pick. We have the Vikings taking on the Bucks in Minnesota. Vikings open as a I believe they were a seven and a half point favorite. They are now a six point favorite. They're minus two seventy on the money line. Over under set at forty five and a half. Where are you on this one? Yeah, so start with the Bucks. I've noticed the narrative have started to shift a little. Um, I see from people online a month and a half ago, everyone was out on the Bucks. Everyone thinks they're terrible. Baker Mayfield stinks, um, which I agree with after watching him play for the Panthers. And now all of a sudden, I've noticed the last like week and a half, two weeks, people all of a sudden are not low on the Bucks anymore. They're like, oh well, someone like they still have Mike Evans, they still have Chris Godwin. Like Baker Mayfield's not that bad, and I disagree. So. I want to. I'm not a. I'm. I haven't been a Vikings guy either. Um, I know you're not. You're mm-hmm. not a. You're not a Turk Cousins kind of guy. No. But I'm going with the Vikings minus six. I just don't see where Baker Mayfield revitalizes his career. Like Deshaun, on the other hand, hasn't played football. Baker Mayfield has been playing football and has been getting significantly worse every year. So I don't really know how all of a sudden he's just going to turn it around after stepping in for the greatest quarterback of all time. So I'm with the Vikings here, minus six, no problem. I uh, I am on the Vikings as well at minus six, but I will say, I I don't know a lot of Bucks fans, but I do know one diehard Bucks fan. I work with him. Um, he's been a Bucks fan his whole life before Brady got there, before they were good, and he is really really high on Baker. I don't know if it's copium. Uh, I know he's watched every single preseason game, but he said. Baker looks really, really good in the Bucks offense. I believe they have a new offensive coordinator, if if I'm correct. The name is escaping me, but I'm fairly certain they have a new OC. And apparently, the guys designed some plays for Baker, and he looks pretty good. So, he's going to be the week one starter. I don't know if it lasts. I like Kyle Trask. I think, I think he's a decent player. He had an unbelievable season in college the year before he was drafted. Um, and we haven't seen all that much of him. So, I'm hoping maybe... Uh, we do see some of, of, of Trask this year, but, you know, oh, we'll see. Baker's uh, proven, I guess. Not not proven to be very good, but he's at least started games in the NFL. Um, but I'll go with the Vikings as well. I know their defense fucking sucks balls. Uh, their run game is probably going to be non-existent this year. I would imagine um, Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson will just have absolutely gargantuan seasons again with the addition of Hawkinson towards the end of last season. That is just an unbelievable um, pass-first offense that is going to put up so many fucking points on the board. Um, I really do worry about the running game, but I still think the Vikings have plenty of gas offensively, uh, and I think they should be able to cover six uh, points in this game. Okay, um, up next, I believe this one is my pick first. We have the Washington Commanders opening up against the Arizona Cardinals. Games in Washington. Commanders currently seven-point favorites, minus 355 on the money line. Over-under set at 38.5. I've actually never seen a game less appealing uh, in my life. <laughs> This shit fucking sucks, and the line fucking sucks ass. It's so bad. 
I don't want to touch the Cardinals with a 10-foot pole. I know I used to be a Cardinals enjoyer. No no longer. We're not doing that this year. I, I just cannot get into it. Um, it's Hopkins and Marquise Brown and James Conner. Names that just aren't moving the needle for me this year, man. Uh, I, I don't even know who who's the starting QB in Arizona because they've made some uh, moves. So I saw a report last night that they said Clayton Toon is ready ah. to roll for week one. Who's the rookie? I've never heard of if you're throwing a rookie out there week one that no one's ever heard of, you're in trouble. Ah, Clayton Toon, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he came from Houston. I'm I'm pretty sure he was Houston's QB last year. Um 24. He went in the fifth round. You're gonna trot out a fifth round first year QB to start for your NFL franchise. A team that just got slaughtered last year against any sort of strong defensive front. Uh I mean we saw <laughs> Kyler got destroyed. And then we saw um, fucking Colt McCoy come in. He got wrecked. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm really low on the Cardinals this year. I think seven points is a big spread. I, I, I don't feel comfortable taking the Commanders minus seven. Um, but touchdown odds aren't really out yet. Um, pretty sure Terry's still hurt, too. I'm going to take... Um, I'm going to take a Sam Howell rushing touchdown. You know, that's that's moving the needle for me this week. He looked electric uh, at the end of last season. I, I really, I think they win the game, but I'll, I'll take a Sam Howell TD. I love that. I love that. I think that's exciting. Um, I mean, they got Biennemi now, too, mm-hmm. running the offense. So I think they're they're going to be pretty good this year. Um, yeah, and I was just doing a little more reading up on the QB situation, and apparently they're not going to say until Sunday. Um, which sounds absolutely preposterous. But um, Jonathan Gannon says it's a competitive advantage, as if either of his quarterbacks are any good. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're at with them. I am going to go with – I'm going to take two plays here because I think the Cardinals stink. I'm going to go with the Commanders minus six and a half. I'm going to buy the half point. And then I'm also taking the Cardinals under 14 and a half total points. Um, In what world they score two touchdowns, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, Clayton Toon with a very good defensive front running after him is not going to turn out well. I mean, and like you said, who who is their talent at this point? James Conner and Marquise Brown. I mean, Marquise is good at running in a straight line, but no one can get him the ball. And then James Conner will probably get hurt when he gets tackled 87 times in the backfield. That's that's probably true. Um, and don't forget, James Conner had cancer as well. So, yeah, I mean, you never know. That stuff can come back. Uh, okay, Tennessee versus New Orleans up next. Uh, Titans heading to New Orleans, uh, where they are a three-point dog. So, Saints getting the uh, three-point boost on the home game. Um, essentially, this is a pick according to Vegas. Over-under set at 41 and a half. Another game I have fucking no interest in whatsoever. Ah, this is your pick first. Where are you? So Saints are a team that I'm higher on than the general consensus. Um, I think they'll be pretty good. I like Derek Carr um, with these new weapons. I like Derek Carr now that he's out of Vegas and kind of doesn't have to 
you know, have all those eyes on them. I think they're going to be decent. But this feels like one of those games where the Titans win like 17-10 and you and me come back next week and we're like, are the Titans going to do this again where they win all these games and we hate them and they stink and then they lose in the playoffs and it just feels like one of those games. So I'm going to go with the Titans money line. I do like the Saints this year, but this just feels like one of those games where I watch Derrick Henry dink and dunk and plot his way down the field and they score two touchdowns both on the back of Derrick Henry and they win. So I'm going to go with the Titans here, I think. Yeah, my pick is the Titans as well. I'll take the value on the plus 146. I like it to throw in a little parlay piece. Um, I'm I'm not as high on the Saints as you are. I do think that they are on the way back up. I think they have um, a couple of really, really talented players. Chris Olave is a player that I am just so high on. But the Saints in general, I, I, I still don't know. So I'll take Titans um, at plus 146. Again, I think you know this one's going to kind of come down to running the ball. Saints have a little bit of a gap there right now with no Kamara. Uh, jury's still out on whether his career is over or not. I know you don't think so, but I, I think I'm leaning closer towards, yeah, he might be done. Um, we will have to wait and see until Alvin Kamar comes back for me to make any sort of distinction or judgment on whether the Saints can genuinely challenge for a playoff spot this year. Uh, in the meantime, I will probably be fading them, and that's the case here, taking Titans plus 146. You are on the money line as well, right? Correct. Okay, lovely. Uh, second. Okay, up. Next, we have the oh, Jesus Christ Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Indianapolis Colts. Jacksonville currently a four and a half point favorite heading to Indy. Game at Lucas Oil. Uh, Jags minus two forty on the money line. Over under set at forty five and a half. I am hammering the ever living fuck out of Jags minus four and a half. I think this is a game where you could move the spread if you want to get plus odds. Um, I will certainly be doing that because it's week one. Why not go full DGen? I think I can really beat the books on this one. Um, Lawrence looked just like unbelievable towards the end of last season. Looks like things are starting to finally gel in that offense. Kirk was great last year. They're getting Calvin Ridley back. They have Etienne, who was sensational. Uh, Evan Ingram had just an absolutely stunning end to the season. Colts without Jonathan Taylor. Best receiver is Michael Pittman. No threat whatsoever at running back outside of maybe a couple of decent games from Deion Jackson this year. First year head coach. Uh, fucking disaster. I will take the Jags minus four and a half. Yeah. I like I like the Jags here as well. I mean, I, this almost feels trappy. Like a trap. Yeah. Career. AR-15. In the season, like I don't know, man. Um, four and a half is a weird number too, but like I don't see where the Jags. Like, if you put no spread in front of us on the screen, like if and they just asked you about the game, I don't see a world in which the Jags don't win by ten plus. Yeah, I know. So just just the numbers in front of us make it seem otherwise. So. I'm still going to take them. I'm going to go Jags minus four and a half. I mean, like I just said, I don't see a world in which they don't win by 10 plus. And if there's one game uh, this weekend that I get a little fun on and, you know, move the spread around, like you said, this would be the one, man. Yeah. I mean, you could get 
you could go to six and a half. You could go to nine and a half. You're feeling crazy. And if you're, I mean, if you're really high on the Jags, you could go 13 and a half. But I mean, that might be pushing it a little bit for me. Yeah, I, th- um, I think so too. But yeah, I mean, I don't see a world in which they don't win this game by 10 points. So let's see what AR 15 has. But I don't think it's a ton off the rip. And I know people are high on him, but I mean, he's just not in a position to succeed with all the drama going on in their organization. I totally agree. Uh, Jim Irsay, just absolutely insane. Guy's nuts. Yeah. Um, well, What's up? While we're here for the Jags and Colts, I have another hot take. I was firing them off with Jameer Gibbs and Bijan. Mm-hmm. Michael Pittman will finish the year as a top 24 wide receiver strictly on volume alone. They're going to be losing all season. They have three wide receivers on the depth chart. So AR-15 has no one to throw it to. Michael Pittman's the only talented one. Top 24 wide receiver. Hopefully at the end of the year we can come back and clip it. And I don't look like an ass, but we'll see. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you. I actually think Michael Pittman is a really talented player. Um, it's, it's unfortunate that he's been stuck in Indy. It it is really a shame that, um, Andrew Luck retired when he did, because I, I genuinely feel that if, if Pittman had been able to learn there and have, have luck throwing him the ball, um, a lot more people would know that name. And I, I still think he's a really solid receiver. I agree with you. I think he'll be a, a top 24, like no doubt. Um, it just sucks that that's the team he's stuck on, you know? Agreed. And, uh, and people forget that they were taking him in the third round last year. I yeah. mean, everyone was high on him last year. Yeah. And then, I mean, theory, I mean, in theory, they probably improved their quarterback, in my opinion. I mean, you can't get much worse than 45-year-old Matt Ryan. So, no, he's, and yet, yeah. You know, five rounds lower this year. So, I mean, I think he has a good bounce-back spot. And like you said, he is talented. He's just not a well-known name because he plays on the Colts. Yeah, and you have to think – like on the Matt Ryan thing, you have to think how much more time is is Pittman going to have to be able to get to the end of his route. Like Matt Ryan was so slow last year. He was he was gobbled up by the time Pittman was even finishing his routes. So now with with Anthony Richardson who can, you know, roll out of the pocket a little bit, maybe uh play a little bit more like uh a modern quarterback, not Matt Ryan who was just so immobile last year. Um I don't know. I, I I think I totally like Michael Pittman's chances as well. So interesting. Uh, okay. Up next, I think I went first last time. So your picks up next. We have the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Rams currently a five and a half point dog, plus two hundred five on the money line. Over under set at forty five and a half. This is the game that feels trappy to me. Um, where do you stand? Because this one's scary. Yeah. I mean, this is another one of those games. Like, it seems like we're on this streak here where it's just games that don't don't move me one way or the other, man. I mean, like, this is another battle of early season narratives. It feels like is Geno Smith going to be good again? Is Matt Stafford going to bounce back? Is Cooper Cup's hamstring actually never going to work again? Like, I don't know. There's too many question marks here for my liking. Um. No touchdown score lines out yet either. Yeah, what the fuck is that, man? <laughs> I know, they're only, they're always out by now. Always. They've only had six months to put, put them out. Fucking um, ridiculous. I think. I. Mm, I think what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get involved with the total here for once. I'm gonna go. I want to go with the over here. Yeah. I, I think I think I'm going to. I'm going to go with the over here. We the Seahawks gave up a lot of points last year. Um, if the Rams have any semblance of an offense, they should be good, good for you know 17 to 20, and then we just need another you know based on the spread that would you know put it over 
you know, they'd have the Seahawks at 26. There'd be 26, 20. That would put them right over. So I think, I think the overs in play here. I don't know. There's just too many question marks in this game with Geno Smith and Cooper cup and Matt Stafford and Cam Akers. What's his deal. What's Kenneth Walker's deal. What's Zach Charbonnet's deal. Like, I don't even know what's going on here. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Is he playing with a cast on? I don't know. So there's a lot <laughs> going on. I know they're saying uh, JSN is going to be back already for week one, which I just, uh, I can't see that happening. So, uh, I will take um, I'll take a Kenneth Walker touchdown. Uh, didn't fail me all that much last year. I'll, I'll stick with Kenny. Uh, I think uh, I think that should be pretty easy for us. Rams. I'm just I'm pretty low on, but it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if the Rams come out and are a competitive team this year, even without Cooper Cup. Um, guys, you you might want to keep your eye on Tyler Higby, players of that nature. Uh, it's it's possible that they you know have decent seasons just because they there may not be Cooper Cup on the field at all times, uh, but I will just stick with the Kenneth Walker touchdown. Uh, on the what's up on the top of Tyler Higby, I love that recommendation. Um, him and Matt Stafford obviously have a good rapport, um, and you know from playing together for the last couple of years. And Matt Stafford said he's having a tough time connecting with a lot of the younger guys. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just having that connection and knowing that at some point they're going to have to throw the ball. You can't run the ball the entire game. I don't think that's a bad shot at all because there were plenty of games last year where he had 12, 15 targets. So not a bad play there. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, up next, the Philadelphia Eagles, your Super Bowl runner-up, uh, open as a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the New England Patriots at Foxborough. Uh Boy, minus 200 on the money line, over-under set at 45. People are really fucking high on Mac Jones this year. Have you have you heard any of this? Yeah, so people are high on him. And funny enough, um, I he's my third quarterback in a in a super flex league. Mm-hmm. Um I picked him in Juju, uh, you know, hoping that these people know something. I've never been so when he was coming out of college, I thought he was the best quarterback in the class, which since then I've clearly been proven wrong. Um, but I don't think he's bad. I just don't think that he's the guy um, that's going to, you know, throw for 350 yards, throw for three touchdowns. Like he might be okay in Bill Belichick's system this year and, you know, game manage his way to some touchdowns with Ramondre and Zeke plunging it in from two yards out. But I don't think he's ever really going to turn it around like people want to see. I think we'll be all right, though. All right, fair enough. Um, meanwhile, we're we're looking on the other side of the ball to Jalen Hurts, who had a fantastic year last year, um, and really the the whole team just gelled extremely well last year. Would we have two losses? I say we. Uh, I don't know. I still am not sure if I'm allowed to say we or not. Um, Eagles three and a half. I, I think that's disrespectful. I'll take the birds. I think they cover this one easily. Yeah, um, this might be the only time people hear me say it all year, so, you know, get excited. I will be slamming the birds here. Known birds hater, mm-hmm. birds denier, birds, you name it, oh, that's me. But, I mean, three and a half points against Matt Jones and Juju Smith-Schuster, whose knee is apparently a bomb going off here. <laughs> I, I saw that, man. Yesterday's report. That is crazy um, comments. Yeah, yeah, so according to that... I mean, I don't really know what offensive weapons they would have at that point outside of Ramondre Stevenson. God forbid Juju gets hurt at some point this year. 
But regardless, I mean, the Eagles were Super Bowl contenders. I mean, they, like we said, they got the Super Bowl, and the Patriots did nothing last year. At one point, they went through, like, four quarterbacks. They had Bailey Zappi out there, who was good. Um, but, yeah, this isn't going to be close, in my opinion. Give me the Eagles minus three and a half. This is one of my favorite bets of the week. Yeah. I don't even think it's a question. I think this is an absolute hammer. Uh, okay. Up next, your pick first. We have the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Denver Broncos. Raiders currently a four-point dog, plus 172 on the money line. Over-under set at 44. This is one of my favorite spots of the week. I'm curious to see how you feel about it. Another narrative for Jeremy, let Russ cook. Oh, oh boy, dude. This is tired, Jeremy. That's tired, man. <laughs> I think... I think he okay, so I don't think he's gonna cook cook like he did, you know, eight years ago. Sure, but I think he's gonna bounce back and be a top fifteen quarterback under Sean Payton. I I don't think he's actually gonna you know top five and be doing all this nonsense. But I think there's no way he repeats what he did last year. I mean, that would be hard. Um, <laughs> I so, don't know, but. I don't know, regardless for this game, I mean, he's missing Jerry Judy. Do I really want to buy into the narrative week one here? I don't know. I like the Raiders here. I I don't love Jimmy G. He's always been good enough to get the wins, um, but he's never been good enough to kind of do it himself. But I like Devontae. I like Josh Jacobs. They got a lot. It feels like they have more talent coming into this game available at the moment and based on last year's results. So I I think I'm going to take the Raiders plus four here. Yep. Um, but I'm not I'm not super thrilled about it. But it sounds like you might be. Yeah, I am absolutely locked in on the Raiders this year. Um, people are really low on Devontae Adams uh, with Jimmy uh, Garoppolo. I think that's completely disrespectful to, if not the best wide receiver uh, in the last decade, probably you know at least top three. Uh, I'm 100% high on the Raiders on Devontae. I don't know how high I am on Jacobs, but I think this will be a decent year for the Raiders. It seems like things just got a little bit stale with Derek Carr. Uh, he's a bit of a choker. I think he's probably a better quarterback fundamentally than than Jimmy Garoppolo, but the ability to check down and, and use your brain in situations that require it is... It, it, Jimmy Garoppolo kind of lends himself a little bit more to that, so... I think the Raiders are going to win more games this year than they did last year, and I think it could be really solid. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy G's got that Bill Belichick, Tom Brady yeah. background, and then he went over to the Niners. They're winners too. Like yep. he's he's got a good he's got a good background too. You know, lead them to wins when it counts. Unlike Derek Carr, like you said, who always just seemed to give the game away when he it just chokes. Yeah, he's he's like he's a yip guy. Like he just gets the yips when the moment is big, and that's that's kind of how I feel about or how I felt about Russ last year. And I think Russ was so bad last year that he, like, I don't want to say he ruined his legacy, but he did a lot of work to ruin his legacy last year. If he doesn't come out and look like Super Bowl Russ the year they won, I don't think anybody's going to take them seriously. I'm not taking the Broncos seriously. I'm I, Honestly, I'm going to dabble on the money line, but for the sake of the show... I'll take Raiders plus four. I think they manage this game. I think it's a master class. I'm so, so high on them this year. Yeah, I think they're going to be better than most expect, like you said, and I'm high on Devontae as well. He's, he hasn't, like you said, everyone's so low on him. You and I know you got him in our league and yeah. I have a couple leagues. He never finished below wide receiver six in yeah. the past like eight 
seasons, and yet now all of a sudden we're low on him. I don't get it. Crazy. So, yeah. People are just disrespecting James Garoppolo. I, I, I mean, look at the guy. The guy's so handsome. I'm I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt just because how how nice he looks all the time. Uh, <laughs> foot to hold up that I, foot. I wish. Is a big concern, but we'll see. I know it's it's all kinds of fucked up, but uh, the Niners got rid of both of their fucked up foot uh, quarterbacks. So good for them, I guess. Okay, up next, um, Green Bay versus Chicago. Holy fuck! These lines have changed since Aaron Rodgers has left. Packers open as a one and a half point dog at Soldier Field. They're plus one hundred on the money line. Over under set at forty three and a half. I guess the books are expecting a Justin Fields masterclass. Jeremy, I believe this is your pick first. No, is it my pick first? It is your pick, and I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on both of these teams because I have opinions on both as well. So I can't wait to hear what you have here. I am unfortunately really high on Jordan Love. There's no, there is nothing to point to the fact that he will be good, but I think a culture shift in Green Bay was necessary. I think LaFleur and Rodgers were just butting heads so much. I, 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 too much of it was going through Rodgers. He was trying to coach. He was trying to play. He was hurt. He had the COVID situation. I think this is a breath of fresh air for the Packers. And I think Jordan Love is going to do very, very solid uh, in his first year as the Packers starting quarterback. Uh, the Bears are the Bears are the Bears. I just don't feel comfortable taking them to win any game that matters in these rivalry matches. I cannot bring myself to take the Bears. I do like Justin Fields. I, I like, you know, well, especially in fantasy. I don't I don't love him as an actual quarterback. Um, I don't think his cerebral, he doesn't have any sort of that. You know, he's not, he's not super smart. He's just really, really athletic. Um... I think Jordan Love's watched a lot of Aaron Rodgers, and I think I think he could be a good good player for them. So I'm going to take the Packers' money line. Nice. My feelings are kind of the same as yours. I'm I'm kind of high on Jordan Love this year. I mean, they've always loved him, but yep. obviously you don't play him over Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers was so bad last year, and the Packers still competed. And I don't think Jordan Love will be as bad as Aaron Rodgers was last year. I think Aaron will have success now on the Jets, but I just don't think him and the Packers were a fit anymore, like you said. I think the Packers, they're not going to win, you know, 12 games, but they might win eight. They might. I could see them going 500 and be in a competitive squad, especially in their division. I mean, they play the Bears. They play Kirk, who will choke some games at some point. And then Jared Goff, we know he'll choke as well. So I think they can definitely, you know, walk away with eight wins this year and be very happy with where they're at. So I'm also fairly high on them. And like you said, Jay Fields, yes, he's my fancy quarterback. I've been looking to get rid of him um, because I don't like him as an actual quarterback. And that's kind of my thing. When I, I know he's good for fantasy, but I like having players that I know are actually good quarterbacks. Um, but he will be good for fantasy. He's going to have those weeks where the Bears go out and they score, you know, 30-something points, and he has 150 rushing yards and 200 passing and looks good. And then other weeks he's going to have, you know, 80 rushing yards and 120 passing, and you're going to be like, these guys stink. Mm -hmm. So he's going to be up and down again, I think. Um, but with this week one matchup, I think I am going to go with the Packers here on the money line. I don't think the over is a bad play either. I'm not – 
super sure on how either team's defense looks. I know Jair Alexander for the Packers has been dealing with some like groin injury or hip or something, so that could open up the field for DJ Moore a little bit, um, who has looked really good in the preseason, so the Bears might get some points out of that. And then we know Christian Watson will get open. So I think the over's in play as well. Um, you know, just for the sake of variety, I'm going to go with the over 43 and a half, although I do lean Packers money line with you as well. Okay, fair enough. Um, I will mark you down for over 43 and a half. Uh, lead us into the next one. We have Miami versus the Chargers. Uh, the Dolphins heading east to west. Dolphins open as a three-point dog. They're plus 130 on the money line. Over-under set at 50 and a half. Jeremy, where are you on this one? Because this one is its so easy for me. This is a fun game. This is going to be high octane, yeah. I think. Um, this should be exciting. Tua is sort of there mentally, I guess. Um, he's able to play. I'm, I'm just going to go with you over here. I'm, I think the Chargers are going to be very good this year. I'm really high on Jay Erbo, and I think the Dolphins are going to come out and put up points. They always seem to do that. Um, but I just don't think the Chargers are really going to be slowed down by many teams this year, barring, you know, Mike Williams breaking his foot and Keenan pulling a hamstring, although he has been relatively healthy other than last year. So, I mean, if they don't shoot themselves in the foot here, um, I think the Chargers will have a really, really good season. But I'm just going to take the over here. And if I had to pick a team to win, I think I would go with the Chargers. But the Dolphins' as underdogs always seems like pretty good value when you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle out there. Yeah. Um... Dude, I think this game is going to be just like you said, high wire, high octane. I think it's going to be close. I think the Chargers defense last year in that fucking, what was that, AFC Divisional? Or, no, was that the wild card? Wild card against the It was wild the, uh, card Jags. against the Jags. Dude, I don't know how the fuck you come back from that. I, I think I'm low on the Chargers this year. I'm high on individual players for the Chargers. I think Herbert's going to have a great year, but that that defensive just uh, collapse. I know Zach will tell you it's because they just ran the ball, but it's not. It's not really, dude. It's not really. You don't just give up all of those points straight in a row because you ran the ball. You, uh, dude. I I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on the Chargers this year. I'm just really not. Um, you can give me over 50 and a half, but I don't, I don't know how the fuck this game is going to end. The dolphins could slaughter them. It's totally possible. Tyreek could fucking have 300 yards to the air and two touchdowns. Waddle could have two touchdowns. The run game is maybe a little bit questionable in Miami. Uh, I believe they got that Devin, Achan Achain guy, but I don't know. I'll just take the over. This, this should be a fun watch. I'll definitely be, be posted up on it, but um, Jerry's still out on the Chargers for me this year. I'm not not super high on them. Yeah, I agree. I'm not I'm not sold on their defense either. And like you said, the Dolphins run game. I am. I think by the end of the year, uh, Ochni will be their guy. Um, just for anyone who needs, you know, someone to stash for fantasy. I mean, they have two running backs who combined for six games a year, and one of them's already injured in Jeff Wilson. So I think he'll be he'll be probably the starter by the end of the year, and maybe they can establish some sort of run game. Yeah. Uh, what's your exact pick on that one again? I I forgot uh, to type I'm it going in. with the over. I'm okay. going with the over as well. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of points here. All right. Beautiful. Uh, and then we have an NFC matchup. NFC East on Sunday Night Football. The Dallas Cowboys taking on the New York Giants. 
Cowboys currently a three and a half point favorite heading to Giant Stadium. They're minus 178 on the money line. Over under set at 46 and a half. You can give me a Saquon Barkley touchdown. Uh, don't know what the odds are. I'm expecting a, a monster year from Saquon. I don't know what to expect with the Cowboys. I don't know what to expect with the Giants, you know, in general. Of course, they beat the uh, Vikings in the playoffs last year. But in general, um, just not super high on Daniel Jones. Don't think he's that good. They do have some, some receiving threats now, which is nice. They've got Jalen Hyatt. Um, Saquon's back to full health. He's got a new contract. Dabble was a great coach last year. But at the same time, you look at the Cowboys. Um, CD had an unbelievable year. They have Brandon Cooks now. Dalton Schultz was super hot towards the end of last season. I still am not super sold on Dak, but in general, the Cowboys are at least competitive in their division pretty much every year, no matter how they start. The game itself, I think, honestly, the Giants could win this one, but uh, I'm just going to stick with the uh, the Saquon touchdown. Nice. Yeah, I feel like everyone's a lot lower coming into the season on the Cowboys this year than years past, which seems uncommon um, just because, you know, the whole America's team thing and people love to, I don't know, be high on the Cowboys. And then we see their inevitable collapse come the end of the season every year. And I don't think that trend's going to change. So I think I'm going to go with the Cowboys here, minus three and a half. I think the public's a little high on the Giants as a whole. Um, Danny Dimes is good, but he's not hes not the guy, in my opinion. He's, he'll win them football games. And like we saw last year, he can win them a game in the playoffs. But I don't, I don't see him doing too, too much. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys, minus three and a half here. I think this is a game where they'll come out and win, and then people will start to shift the narrative, and then that's when we start fading the Cowboys when they, you know, inevitably collapse here in about seven or eight weeks. Okay, beautiful. Uh, and then our last game of the week, Buffalo Bills, minus two and a half, minus 138 on the money line, going against the New York Jets at the New York Jets, over under set of 46 and a half. This is Aaron Rodgers' first game, and he's going up against Josh Allen. This game seems like a trap. Um, I think they're trying to lure people into the taking the Jets with the plus money. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's your pick. What do you What do you think, buddy? Yeah, I feel the same way as you. I am a Aaron Rodgers believer. Oh my, I love him too. But yeah, um, but I do like you said. I mean, first game under under you know the new team, the new system against the Bills team who hasn't changed a bit in you know four years. They keep trotting the same guys out there and getting the same result where they you know inevitably lose to the Chiefs or the Bengals, um, and they're just kind of in a rough spot there being in the AFC. But I think the Bills, I think the Bills take care of business here. I'm just gonna go. Yeah, I guess two and a half doesn't really matter much as compared to the money line. So I guess I'll go with the uh, two and a half. The money line looks pretty good at minus 138. That's not bad at all. But I'll go with the two and a half. I'll give up a few points here. I think they take care of business. Um, and That shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Um, I totally think this is a trap. I think the Jets are still going to be a really good team this year. I don't know if they open it up and, and win against the, the Bills in this one. You know what? I'm, I'm going to take the over. Um I'm I'm gonna take over 46 and a half. I think come game day, maybe I'll buy it down a couple of points. I think this game could be tight. I think it could be, you know, 26-23 or 27-23. I, I, I really do think um it's gonna be super tight. That 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 spread is right on the money. Um 
I'll go with the over. I think Rodgers is going to look good in his debut. I don't know if you've watched Hard Knocks at all, um, but I'm I'm pretty bought in on the Jets. I don't know if it's propaganda that I'm buying into or what. I just I don't like fading Aaron Rodgers. It's the same way I feel about Mahomes. Um, some guys have the it factor, and outside of last year, every time Aaron Rodgers has stepped on a field, he's had it. So I'll take over 46.5. I think they stay in the game against the fraudulent Buffalo Bills. I agree. And I do think that number feels a little low. This does yeah. feel like a 28-21 you know, or 28-24, something there where, you know, they, they they beat it by, you know, a couple points, you know, anywhere from two to eight points they get over there. So I do think that over is a good pick as well there. All right. Cool. Um, I believe that is all of the regular picks this week. Should we give them – should we do locks uh, locks of the week this year? Or do you think we just uh, – we phase them out? What do you think? I think we can do some some locks of the week. Week one makes me nervous to, you know, yeah, uh, no. pick a couple locks. But I, I don't – I wouldn't mind, you know, picking maybe two games that we think we're the highest on here um, in, in week one. Okay. Um, all right. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll let you do it. I'm going to – I'm going to craft up a parlay quick. Okay, nice. Well, my first favorite bet, like I said, going through, I love the Eagles minus three and a half this week. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get them early here before you know the spreads probably widen as the season goes on and the Eagles continue to perform. So uh, that's gonna be my first one at Eagles minus three and a half. And then if I had to pick another lock of the week, I'm taking a look here at the lines going through again. I think I'm going to start out hot on Thursday. Chiefs minus six and a half. I just don't see where the Chiefs don't come out and win by a touchdown their first game of the year after, you know, winning the Super Bowl and having Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey still there playing against Jared Goff. I don't see them not covering six and a half. So I'm going with the two Super Bowl, the two Super Bowl teams this week is my first, you know, first lock. Chiefs minus six and a half, Eagles minus three and a half. We'll see how that goes. So I am going to parlay. Uh, two of these picks. I'm going to take Jags minus four and a half. And, um, sorry, Ravens minus nine and a half. Um, I believe that adds up to, let me get you the number. Um, should be right around plus 265. So that's going to be probably a five-unit play for me. Um, that'll be, you know, I, I have a couple of plays that I'm looking at uh, that I really like this weekend. Just a couple of two-leggers or even a couple of single bets. That's one of them uh, at plus 265. Should be a nice little moneymaker. What we're trying to do is just build the account. Just just harbor some money in there so that when it starts to get ugly, if it does, maybe it won't. Maybe we'll just win every week. When it starts to get ugly, you have a little bit in the bank. You have a little bit in the reserve. You can use it to maybe bring yourself back to even because that's what it's all about. Just remaining even. Obviously, you want to make money, but this is not this is not a game for a winning man. That's 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 not why we do it. We do it because it's fun. Um, so that's my lock of the week. Jeremy's lock of the week. Obviously, he's got Eagles minus three and a half, and he's got Chiefs minus six and a half. Mine is a two leg parlay. Jags minus four and a half, and Ravens minus nine and a half. Is there anything else you want to add before we close this one out? Yeah, I have one more thing I think would be good to do week one here. I want to hear who you have as your division winners for the season. I can go first because I've spent a lot of time looking at them this year. 
Uh, but I think it'd be fun to, you know, put our division winners out there and see how we fare at the end of the season here. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I actually have mine right here. So go ahead. You go first. All right, perfect. Um, we'll start with the AFC here. Uh, AFC East, I'm going with the favorites. I'm going to go with the Bills, although I don't think the Jets are bad value at plus 250 or the Dolphins at plus 290. That division's kind of up for grabs, um, more than a lot of them, in my opinion. But I'm going to go with the Bills there. In the AFC North, I'm going to go with second in line there. Um, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think the Bengals are good football team still, but I just don't know if they have as much regular season success as they they had last year, so I'm going to go with the Ravens there. Um, AFC South, got to go with the Jags. I mean, the other teams are just depleted of all talent outside of Derrick Henry on the Titans. Other than that, uh, none of the teams have much talent. AFC West, got to go with the Chiefs. Love the Chiefs. Can't, Can't fade Patrick. Moving on to the NFC. Starting with the NFC East. Got to go with the birds. Cowboys are a good regular season football team every year, but I, I see them dropping, you know, a game here and there to the Giants or the Commanders and kind of pushing them out of the race. For the North, the NFC North, I am going to go with the Vikings. The Lions are currently the favorites at plus 145, and I have a hard time betting the Lions as a favorite in anything. So I'm going to go with the Vikings at plus 260 there. NFC South, I am going to go with the Saints. I said I'm pretty high on them. I will take them, although that's another division that's up for grabs. Whoever wins that is probably going to have eight or nine wins. And then rounding it out with the NFC West, I am going to go with the Niners. If Cooper Cup had full health, I wouldn't be opposed to sprinkling the Rams. God forbid they make some remarkable turnaround, but I just don't see it with the way the health of their best players looking. So I'm going to go with the Niners there. Yeah, I um, I, I think we're we're pretty close, honestly, on our picks. Um, in the, I'll start from top to bottom In the AFC East. I have the jets winning. Uh, I have a bet with friend of the show cookie or Derek. As some of you may know him. Uh, I have the jets over nine and a half win total. I think they win 10 games. I think they, they could absolutely be the leader in that division. Um, so I'm, I'm high on them this year up next in the AFC North. I also have the Ravens. Uh, not super bought in on the Bengals this year. We'll have to see how that pans out for me. Could be, could make me look like a clown, but who knows? AFC South, I have the Jags, like you said. Everything else just so depleted in that division in terms of talent. Uh, I cannot see the Texans or the Colts. Maybe the Titans, but not the Texans and the Colts contending. Um, I've got Patty and, and Travis in the AFC West. I'll take the Chiefs there. I've got the Eagles in the NFC East. In the NFC North, I also have the Vikings, just like you. It's a pass-heavy offense. That is just as West Coast as it gets. It's going to be crazy watching that all season. Um, We're going to see another just unbelievable season from Justin Jefferson, I think. So I have the Vikings there. In the NFC South, I have the Falcons. I'm high on them again. Um, I'm I'm super excited to see Bijan and maybe Desmond Ritter sort of um, evolve a little bit into a usable quarterback. And then in the NFC West, I have the Seahawks. So pretty much every single um, pick is either the top team in terms of odds or the second to top team in terms of odds. The bad teams this year, I think, are going to be really bad. And the good teams are going to be really good. I don't know if that's analysis or if that's just you know me stating the obvious. But I think the gap and the parity this year uh, is not going to be as... 
the gap is going to be bigger and there's going to be less parity is what I'm trying to say. Last year, it felt like anybody could beat anybody. Anybody could cover any spread. I'm hoping it's not that way this year. And we have a little bit more definition in terms of who is a talented, well-coached, good team, and who are the shitters. Uh, and I don't know if that's how you feel as well, but I, I need a little bit more definition this year. Otherwise, I'm going to be fucking broke again. Yeah, I agree. I think last year it felt a lot of felt fluky for a yeah, lot. Yeah, it just felt like shit. Yeah, so I think I think we get away from that this year. I think we get, like you said, a little more structure, a little more definition to the league this year, a little less question marks. And I think you know by week by week four we should have some you know pretty ironed out thoughts on a lot of the teams. Yeah, I'm hoping that's the case. I'm super excited for week one. I hope you guys are all excited as well. Um, thank you for listening, Jeremy. Thank you for joining me. Uh, make sure you check us out, guys, on social media at Post20Pod. You can find all past episodes of the show on Twitter and Instagram. The NFL is back, and we are back as well. Again, thanks for listening, and we will see you guys at the conclusion of week one. Take care.